Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi everyone, welcome back to Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today I am here with Anna, who is an Air Force brat and was also Air Force Military Child of the Year for 2022. So Anna, welcome to the podcast. Congratulations. Like, that's amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, awesome. So kind of just start by telling me what it's like for you growing up a military child. So being a military child, as you know, is like crazy already. And then I have to deal, my sister has something called Rett syndrome. So basically that's a genetic condition that made, so she was like fine up until she was one. And then she lost all her fine motor skills. So she can't talk. She can't walk. She can't use her hands. She has, she's basically blind, like that kind of thing. And so she requires full-time care. And so I've been balancing all my life, both being like a military child and especially sibling. And the military child part of it is like, the fun, crazy part, I guess, like all the moves, meeting new people. So it's like stressful, but then add on the sibling part, it's just kind of like, ah. Yeah, I can imagine my dad, um, he was injured in Afghanistan in 2011. He stepped in an IED. And so, you know, I was nine when that Mm -hmm. happened. And so, you know, I can imagine like what it's like, you know, living throughout the military life and going through moves and deployments and, you know, TDYs and all of that. And then also being a caregiver on top of that. Like I know just from my experiences, like it's not easy. Definitely not. And there's a lot of struggles, like other people who aren't having that military association, like they don't face like TRICARE. Sometimes yes. stuff does not get covered. And then we're like fighting with TRICARE or whoever else. And we're like, we need this to happen. But the Air Force is really good. And they have the EFMP program. I think all the branches actually have it. Yes. And the EFMP program is so helpful. And you can get respite care, which a lot of families don't have access to if they're not military affiliated. And so that's basically when someone who's like trained in medicine and can like also like have that caregiving role can kind of like give parents and families a little bit of a break. So that's really special. The Air Force offers that. Um, But it's definitely stressful, but so rewarding. Like the stuff I've learned from my sister and being a military brat, I couldn't have learned like anywhere else. I couldn't replicate it. And so it's definitely worth all the challenges. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, like the motto or quote or whatever, like, but everyone says military children are so resilient. Everyone says, Mm -hmm. you know, you're so resilient. Like, you know, I've gone through resiliency training. Um, Even I was part of team council for a little while. And so one thing that we did at an event was go through like two or three days of resiliency training. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, even though we're all, you know, obviously military kids in the room, like going through this resiliency training, but it's like, this is all stuff like I already know. Mm-hmm. This is all stuff like I deal with on a daily yeah. basis. Like you have to step into roles where, you know, they're kind of open 
You know, if Mm -hmm. something happens, you know, if your parent is deployed, you're like, all right, well, there's a gap here. Like I have to step into this. Exactly. For sure. My sister's older than me. She's 19. And so I've kind of had to step into that older sister role while also being like a younger sister and letting her have some like the fun of like teasing me and that kind of thing. Um, And so it's definitely trying to navigate those roles. And my dad, he was deployed in 2017. And when that happened, my sister was having a lot of surgeries. And so I was having to step into like that also like supporting my brother and my mom situation. And that's just like, that's crazy. And I think it's really cool though, military brats, like we don't let that like hurt us and we've grown from it and it's not a negative in our life. We've learned to overcome it and make it a positive. And so I think that's really special. Yeah. Sometimes it can be like, so I don't want to say depressing because I don't think that's the right word, but you know, it can just feel like so stressful and so hard and, you know, anxiety and everything on top of it. Like, you know, even just worrying about your parent who's deployed, like Mm -hmm. saying, are you going to come home? But then filling in all of those other roles, Mm -hmm. like it's so stressful, but then you learn from it and you grow all of these experiences and you're like, oh my gosh, like it makes you into the person you are. Like, yeah, seriously. I agree. It definitely shapes your character. Yes. Because honestly, looking back at military life, it's like some days you look at it and you're like, how did I even get through that? How did yeah. I even process those emotions at such a young age? But, you know, somehow it just happens. Definitely. And like, I think a big part of it also is like the importance of talking to other people who know what you're going through. Because if you like, sometimes like I go to a public school, that's like not Nodia. And yeah. so people don't understand like that military struggle, especially not the special sibling, because so like there's, it's such a small population, like right. no one really knows what it's like. And so I think it's really important to find community because I like to use the analogy of like soda bottles. So if you shake up a soda bottle, it's going to explode. Right? right. But if you like open it slowly in small increments, it's not going to blow up. And I think people are the same way. So if you can like find someone to like talk to and just be like, oh my gosh, guess what's happening to me today? It helps. And I think talking when you do it more and you don't need to like compare yourself, I feel like to others, like you might be like, oh, this happened to her dad. Oh, but I haven't had that happen to my dad. I can't feel like upset. And it's not a competition over like who has the most burdens and everyone can feel emotions about something, even if it's not like on the same level, you know? Yeah. And, you know, especially in the military community and like going Mm -hmm. to a public school, um, my dad was a reserve um, soldier. My dad's too. He's a full-time reservist. Yeah. reserve. It makes it so much more of a struggle, I think, because you're in those public schools for the most Mm -hmm. part. Um, Our, so my dad's unit was probably about 40 minutes from us, but the closest actual military base was four hours I want to say oh my goodness and so we had like my school there was like no military kids I think there was one girl who was a military kid um but like no military kids and so it's like you're going through all of these struggles kind of alone I would walk into class in second grade like crying because my dad was gone and it's like how do you explain that to someone else and say, hey, my dad's not here? Like, they're like, oh, he's just at work. Give it a couple hours and he'll come home. Like, no, that's not how it works. He's gone for a month. 
So yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. I I've always lived like in a military community of some sort because he is a full time reservist and he's a pilot, and so we yeah. have to have like access to like military aircraft. Right. Um, but this year, I'm in a really unique situation where my high school is on a military base, but is a public school, and so only about like eight percent of the students are military brats. Oh wow! And I think that's really interesting though that we're on a military base, but not many of us are military affiliated. And so that's kind of crazy. I feel like definitely unique. Um, but it also like, since we do have some what of a population of military brats, we're able to have some events that are like, Oh, let's have a social and meet and greet with cookies and talk about like all the struggles we go through that kind of thing. So there's definitely like a community. If you like, look, you have to like find it though. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, you know, it is kind of cool that it's a public school on a military base because I think it's it's helpful for civilian kids to kind of get that I I agree sort of yeah. experience of what mm-hmm. we go through, even though with such a small population of military kids. Um, but it's so important for military kids to know other military kids and definitely part of that community. I agree. Yep, for sure. And it's funny hearing like so we have to like go to the gate, right? To get to school. Yes. And it's really entertaining, like listening to all them, like, oh my gosh, I got stuck at the gate for 15 minutes today. That is ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? Like I've had to do this every day of my entire life. Like I don't yeah. know any different. And it's funny for these new people to our school to be just like so amazed about like having to get on gate on the base through the gate or having to sponsor someone on so they can come to the school, like all the stuff that I'm so used to. So I think it's definitely a good experience for them too, because they're being exposed to like a thing they don't know about and so now I think they have a little bit more compassion for those who are military affiliated and so I think there's definitely some pros of it there's a lot that goes on on military bases that people don't recognize like you know going through the gate is huge you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a lot of people don't have to go through that um you know to get to a you know grocery store or something you do not have to go through a gate (laughs) you're going to a military oh my gosh you don't have to do that in the civilian world but then even like five o'clock hits you stop what you're doing you find the closest flight like you don't do that you know that's it's not really something interesting that goes on in because community. 40 of it's full play kids from different schools and then at 445 when it goes off like they're like what is going on and we're like stop what you're doing like drop your racket like take off your hat like put your hand over your heart like that kind of thing and they're like what is going on right now yeah and I'm just I'm like so used to it and then they're just like so amazed I'm like oh my gosh I kind of forgot some people don't know what's happening I know I remember my first time like you know, being on a military base and that happening um, because, you know, I didn't grow up on a military base. So like my first time of that happening, I was like so confused. But then, you know, it just becomes a force of habit. You'd be on the playground with your friends. You hear, you stop. And, you know, my friend even, she didn't, like there was no flag in sight, like no flag in sight. But she even knew exactly which way to turn to the closest flag to face, you know, even though we couldn't see a flag in sight, she knew exactly which way to turn, like, you know. And so those are just things that you don't experience in the civilian world. Definitely not. Um, I think it, it's a fun little like, icebreaker though sometimes yeah. like if you're talking to people from different schools like oh you guys don't have to stop at 445 well we do so you can kind of make it fun <laughs> yeah absolutely you know just like the little 
little little hidden details of being part of a military family. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. It was what makes us special, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because there's so many things that make us special. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. And even, you know, I've talked to people on the podcast before of the national anthem playing before movies at the movie theater. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't get that. You know, she one girl said that she went to a public movie theater and she stood up and nobody else stood up and they're like, what are you doing? (laughs) And she's like, isn't the national anthem going to play? And they're like, no, no, that's not (laughs) things here. She said, wait a second. Yeah, Yeah. that's funny. So um, tell me kind of what it was like for you in the process of being military child of the year, because that is so cool. It was I can't even like words don't express how amazing it was um they just announced a new winner for the air force and he it sounds like such a cool dude and i'm so excited to hopefully get to talk with him um but it was a crazy process so first of all my dad nominated me which was really special and so he nominated me last october and i was like i'm not going to get it like there's so many military brats doing so many amazing things like i'm not very cool like (laughs) there's so many amazing people i was not feeling confident in myself whatsoever and then I got to semifinals and I had an interview and I was like, oh, maybe something's happening here. I don't know. And yeah. then we got to finals and I was like, oh my gosh, I might have a shot at this. But I'm not like, I'm not special. It's like, that like humbleness of, yeah, you know, no, I think all of I us think, are so mm-hmm. humble too, you know, for the most part. So yeah, no, it was a weird, like having to talk about myself. I'm still trying to get used to that because having like talk about yourself in interviews and that kind of thing. It's like, I don't like talking about myself like that. Like, I don't like, it sounds like I'm bragging and I don't like that. Like it's uncomfortable. And so I had to kind of get used to talking about myself and like what I've been up to. Um, And then when I found out I won, I was like, okay, so first of all, it's kind of a funny story how I found out. (laughs) I had just gotten my license and after school, I was like, you know, I'm really feeling some Chick-fil-A. And so I went to Chick-fil-A and my mom is like, she texts me and she's like, you need to get home. I was oh like, oh no, what did I do? Like, is she mad I went to Chick-fil-A and didn't get her anything? Like, what's <laughs> going on? And then I pull into our house and my dad's standing in the driveway. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this what is did I do? And I'm like thinking through everything I did that day. And I was like, I was like on time in all my classes. Like I'm getting good grades. Like what's going on? Yeah. And then he's like, you need to come inside and read this paper. And they had printed out a screenshot of the email that said, like, congratulations, you won. I kind of think, and I was just, I started bawling. I was like, no way. This, you're kidding. This is a joke. Like, there's no way this is true. Yeah. And then about a month later, it was a quick turnaround, was the gala in DC. And that was amazing. I got to meet all the other recipients, and they are some of the coolest people ever. Uh-huh. Um, I just, the, friends I have there and the connections I made there, I will never be able to forget. Um, those people literally became my second family. And like, we would go hang out because our days are packed when you're at McCoy, like you are up from like seven to 11 and you're just going, 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 but we still wanted to just like hang out and like be teenagers and have fun. So we would go to like the hotel gym <laughs> and just like sit in a circle and talk and like yes. digest everything that's happening because that's a lot for uh, us to be, like we had photographers following us around and we're trying to be very like diplomatic and say all the right things and making sure that we're representing us ourselves and our branch. Well, that's a lot of pressure. And so yeah. it's nice kind of just to be able to like relax, just be teenagers for a bit. And these, this 
group of kids was just amazing. You can still find them on Operation Homefront's website, but everyone just brought something so special. Fifi, she was the winner for the Marines. Miss Ma'am knew how to do cartwheels and backflips and all this thing. And she's like <laughs> a Taekwondo fighter. Like she could take me down in a second. Oh and she's gosh. like 13. This girl <laughs> is a rock star. And now she's publishing a book. Like, okay. Wow. I need to do more with my life. She's amazing. And like all the other winners, they just brought so much. And then the gala itself was oh my gosh, it was so cool. I was so nervous. Like walking downstairs, I was like shaking. I was like, I'm about to meet the chief of staff of the Air Force. Like this is my dad's boss's 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 boss. Like this is terrifying. Um, And it turns out General C.Q. Brown is actually the coolest dude ever. And he was so (laughs) calm. And like he called me, his wife was such a sweetheart. It was such a cool experience. And I got to meet a bunch of heads from different like departments. So I got to meet the chief of staff of... Northrop Grumman. I think that's how you say it. And Pratt and Whitney. And so it's both these like military, like affiliated companies. And so that was really cool. I got coined. And so that yes. was fun. I had two challenge coins. It was just a really cool experience. McCoy, like it taught me so much. It, it, um, and I miss it. It was yeah. really exciting. And that week was probably one of the best weeks of my life. And I just like, I can't express how much I appreciate like Operation Homefront because they put that all together and they got all the cool things. I want a cruise. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. We didn't know we were winning a cruise either. Uh, we were on stage at the gala and they're like, hey, can you guys watch a short video real quick? And like, all of us are like looking at each other, like, what do they have us watching? Like, who is this from? And then it was a dude from Carnival. And he was like, congratulations. We're so proud of you here at Carnival. We're going to give you and your family a cruise. And we're like, oh my gosh, what? Wow. I still haven't taken mine yet. I'm waiting till after. It's going to be my senior trip. Yeah, uh, I'm still going to wait. But it is so exciting. And I just, it was really cool to be acknowledged for like some of the stuff I've done. That it was cool. And then it was really cool to hear what other people have done because like Elena, she yes. the ar- winner for the army. She is amazing. I don't I know. I love if her. Elena yes. is the queen and she made like <laughs> Bloom military team. I have a t-shirt. I love them. Yes. It's so cool. And I had never heard of Bloom before. And so that was really cool hearing about her and how she started this small little it used it was just like an Instagram page and then it turned into like all social media and then a website. And now it's sponsored. And yes. they have like merch with Under Armour. Like what? Elena so is cool. rocking it. And I think it's really cool seeing the amazing accomplishments that military kids are doing. And they're like doing it all by themselves. Like no one's helping you along the way. Like, okay, now you need to reach out to these people. Like they're doing it all. And that was really cool to talk about. Yeah, it's so hard to you know market yourself because that's basically mm-hmm. you know what you're doing and you know, it's hard. It's, and especially, you know, I started this when I was turning 19. My birthday is in April. So like I was turning 19 the month I started it. And it's so hard to say, you know, kind of like you were saying with, I have to talk about myself. Like I have to kind of you know, switch my focus a bit to put it more on myself and then, you know, other people and I have to make myself look good. And, you know, even just the way you dress, like, you know, it's like a huge factor and that's marketing yourself. And it can be scary, but so many military kids 
do it and they do it so well because that's what we're you know in a sense trained to do because we grow up saying you know even if you get in trouble at school like that reflects on your parents so Mm -hmm. and definitely and like it's not just your parents like it's their staff it's yes. their bosses, like it'll get back to them. And so that's one of the things we talked about when we had a Facebook live at McCoy and we were talking about how we don't get to just like goof off and be like regular teens and like go right. cause trouble because it will get back to our parents. <laughs> like if you're yeah. on a military base, it will get back somehow. It's like a small town, like people I know. talk. And, and a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, no. And it was really, it was cool to like learn how to kind of handle talking about yourself because we had a public affairs like person, I guess, Mr. Mike. And he was so cool. He's in the reserves and he just kind of like walked us through it because it was really like intimidating to like be on a Facebook live with people you don't know who are asking you questions. And you're just trying to think of like a good, well-rounded, like verb, like good verbs, I guess. Yeah. Answer. And you're like, how do I make what I'm saying sound pretty? Like having to learn how to do that was crazy. But I feel like I already had some skills compared to like a normal high school student because of the military on how to like address talking to people that normally like I wouldn't talk to. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it kind of trains you to be, you know, obviously you can completely disregard all the training you can you know you can be that crazy wild scene if you want um do I suggest it no probably but, not. <laughs> you can do it um but you kind of get this training and so it's like addressing people as sir and ma'am like yeah you know yes. talking to people presenting yourself like not slouching all the time like actually having decent posture like you know, all these little things where it's like, we learn this from a young age and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, ingrained in us, but yeah. a lot of people don't learn it. And then, you know, even going into a job field, like it makes us competitive. Like I feel that it should go on your resume, like military child. <laughs> like, I think know? it says a lot about your character and that you do like know how to act like properly I guess is the word for it like I know with especially with like teenagers in high school like a lot of people like can't put their phone down but I yes. feel like as military brats like, we learn like you put your phone down when someone's talking and you make eye contact and like yes. a lot of people are like scared to like pick up a phone call but I feel like I with military brats like we've learned how to do that because if someone's calling our house phone and they need our dad or our service member like you're going to pick up that phone you learned how yeah. And so I think that's definitely, it makes us competitive, I hope, in the job field, because we have a lot of schools that you, the skills that you can't teach. Yeah. And like, even, you know, for you, like, you can put McCoy on there and be like, hey, you know, I, like, it's, it's prestigious, you know? It's definitely, I, like, it sounds so weird, like, not hyping myself up, but like talking about McCoy, yeah. because I don't feel like any different. It's just like another thing cool thing I got to do and that was absolutely so special and so I really have liked I've gotten to talk to I'm really extroverted and so like yes. I can talk to most people but I know a lot of people who aren't so I've really enjoyed using my platform from McCoy to try to like share light on what other people are doing because I'm not the only Air Force military brat there's amazing people like Brianna she's in Shreveport Louisiana and she works so hard in our like the special olympic community and she plays tennis like all these amazing things there's more 
military brats that aren't given that spotlight that we need to talk about because they're just doing amazing stuff. And so I really like that part of it, being able to talk about the other Air Force brats there are. Yeah, I love, you know, finding people like, you know, it's hard to for quite a while, it was hard to, you know, reach out to people and say, hey, like, I have this podcast, like, I want you to be on it, like, would you be willing to do it? Um, And so it took a lot of courage to be able to, you know, start reaching out to people and promoting, you know, myself promoting the podcast, you know, things like that. But after time, you're just like, all right, well, what's the worst you can say is no. But so many military kids and so many even, you know, branching it out to spouses, so many military family family members have these incredible missions, incredible, you know, just, you know, even down to like spousely where, you know, you're selling your own products. It's like an Etsy for military spouses. Like, you know, things like that. But Bloom is incredible. And so like these different platforms that are created by military children and military spouses, it's like, oh my gosh, like your stories need to be shared. Like you need to, like, it's important to say, hey, you know, we kind of have a tough situation that we're living in. Like it's not easy, but we're making the best out of it. And we're, you know, connecting other military families where, you know, reaching out to people who maybe need a little extra encouragement. And they're giving back to their communities. Like, even yeah. though they could totally sit in their rooms, not doing anything, like, I have a tough life. Like, what? Just having kind of a pity party. Instead, so many military brats are like, I'm pretty fortunate. And I have a roof over my head. I have food. Everyone in my family is well, like that kind of thing. And they're giving back to their communities and volunteering. I just think that is so special because you could totally throw yourself a pity party. But instead, military brats are out there giving back, trying to help other people with what they've been given. I think that's really special. Absolutely. Um, It's just, it's incredible to watch, you know, other military kids, you know, obviously my dad has been retired now since 2014, but, you know, just watching other military kids and just their journeys and, you know, the things that they do and the ways that they give back and the way that they're inspiring this next generation of military kids that's coming up and, you know, things like that. It's it's really incredible. It is. And I, that, I was so thankful for McCoy to letting me see more of that because I was pretty like there's like we talked about, I have a few military brats around me, but it's not like the biggest. I, it's not like I live on an army base where I like everyone has a military affiliation. Right. And so it was definitely cool being able to see, like embrace my military child identity a little bit more through McCoy. That was something I wasn't used to. Like I wasn't used to introducing myself as hi, like I'm a military brat for the Air Force. Like I've never like used that to describe myself because everyone's like, oh, okay, like cool yeah and so that was cool being able to kind of talk about it gave people a kind of a reference point to who I was like oh so her dad's in the air force I bet that she's lived somewhere in Texas at one point or that kind of thing like I thought that was cool and I hadn't gotten to do that before McCoy yeah it's it sounds like it's just such a special experience that you know it sounds like it kind of gave you a boost too, like more encouragement and motivation it did, for, yeah. for who you are and, and embrace the military started like you. more. I think that was, it was, that's a good way to sum it up. It made me a lot more confident in my military child, like identity. Yeah. Like I was saying, like, it made me like kind of more proud to be able to be like, yeah, I'm a military brat. Like 
it's something I learned to like love, I guess. And it definitely gave me a boost. And I was able to kind of use that title to figure out how to make more opportunities. Like with my support group that I made with USAFA's EFMP program, I was kind of able to get my foot into the door by saying like, hey, I'm the Air Force Military Child of the Year this year. And I would love to talk to you guys about this idea I have. And then ever since then, I've kind of been able to like go with it. And that's why I think McCoy was so special also because it gave me so many more connections. And now... I can talk to more people because it kind of gives me that ethos, like credibility. Yeah. And so that was cool. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, while you could still, you know, build your way up and do it, like you don't have to be military child of the year to be able to, you know, do all these incredible things. Like there are so many that go unnoticed too, but it gives, it does give you that credibility and say, hey, like, you know, here's a gap. And that needs filled in the military community. And like, I want to help fill this. And, you know, it's just really special to one, be able to recognize that at your age and say, hey, we need this. And then actually be able to do something and start it yourself. That's what like why I started my support group. Oh, I should probably like explain what that is. <laughs> okay. So basically I partnered with USAFA Exceptional Family Member Program to create a support group dedicated to siblings of people with special needs who do have military affiliation. So they're all most likely Air Force. I haven't exactly like branches yet because it doesn't really like matter to me. Right. Um, but it's it's been really cool. We've had two meetings and I noticed already how some of these kids, like having that community of people they can talk to, even though they're all around that like elementary and middle school age, that's like when you need to start talking to people because middle school is stressful. Like being a kid is stressful because you don't have those coping mechanisms yet that you learn as a teenager. And so I think it's really cool that I've been given like this opportunity to talk to these kids about like, I'm, I don't know everything. And so it's cool hearing like what they think how they process things and then I'll tell them like how I process things and then we can like laugh about the crazy things like oh isn't it so awkward when you're doing homework and a therapist shows up in your house and you're like oh hi good (laughs) sharing these common like awkward situations and things that no one else really relates to that's like why I started the support group and it's called special siblings and it's just been it's been really cool And I think it's a good break for parents too, because I like, I know my parents are so busy in between the military and my dad retired in October. And so we're still trying to manage that and like figure out how to move everything over. And then my sister and I have a younger brother. And so I think that like my parents, they wouldn't have been able to like sit me down and talk to me about coping mechanisms or what I feel about having a special needs sibling. And it's not like they know because they didn't have a sibling with special needs. So being able to create that like place for parents to know their kids are safe and can talk about these things. That's really special. Yeah. And again, it goes back to that community. Like, mm-hmm. you exactly. know, you have to be surrounded by people who are like to you, you know, no matter what the situation is. So like you could, you know, um, for me, I had a support group of all um, children whose parents were wounded in action. Like, you know, and that was in Texas when I had that and my dad was going through recovery. And so all of these other kids, you know, could relate to me. And so like, you know, in your situation with a special needs sibling, like, you know, while your parents can help, while so many other people can help, 
it's much better to be surrounded by people who are going through similar situations that you are and can relate to those, you know, little awkward moments like you were talking about and be able to say, hey, like, I know what you're going through. Like, you know, let's talk or, you know, hey, like, do you even just need a hug right now? Like, you know, things like that. And then it's a really good place too to like ask questions because some like these are for like these kids are pretty young. They don't know like what's going on. They'll be like, oh, why does my sister have a tube in her stomach? And then we can talk about, oh, well, maybe she can't eat by mouth or sometimes maybe it's a struggle and she needs some extra help getting food, that kind of thing. Giving an outlet for questions because I don't think it's always comfortable to ask your parents like, hey, what's going on with my brother? Like it just sometimes it's not kids don't feel like they can and so giving that outlet I think was really important to me to be able to ask questions um and hopefully have and it's not just me answering like I have a bunch of military siblings and we can all give what's going on and not everyone's sibling like no two people are the same and so we give the best we can and then try to help them find their own conclusions I guess is a good way to put it yeah, but it's it's been a really cool experience, and I'm really hoping that I can continue it after I'm in college. I'm really working on trying to find someone I can like try to mentor and make sure that they can keep it going because it is so special. And I definitely think it's needed, and I just really appreciate the Air Force because they've helped me fund this, and I couldn't do it without the Air Force. They are coming in clutch, and so <laughs> I really appreciate them. Absolutely. Because, you know, without, you know, even just the thought and the idea to start it, but you need like a whole, you know, support system of your own to be able to start something and to be able to actually run something and keep it going. And so, you know, like for me with the podcast, like my family was my number one, like, you know, helping me figure out all the equipment I needed and getting started and promoting it. And then, you know, um, just like, all the people on my Instagram page, like they're the reason like you you start to find your reason of why you do it. And sometimes at the beginning, it can be hard to say, you know, this is my reason because you feel like you're not doing something. You feel like you're not like what you're doing isn't, you know, isn't necessary. But then you're like, okay, no, like I see all the people that I'm helping. Like I see, you know, this is the reason I'm doing it. This is the reason like I have that. And I'm sure you've figured that out along the way too. Yeah. And I think a big thing I've learned is not comparing myself to other groups or like other people who are doing similar things because I'll, I'll look at for example, Bloom, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, they are killing it. They're doing amazing. Like, I wonder, I need to be that good. I think it's okay. Like, you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to like look like other like groups, I guess. And you can still have an impact and be successful because Bloom, for example, is amazing. And I don't think I would ever be able to model that because Elena has put so much time into making Bloom what it is. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really special. She's done that. And she like claps for Elena because <laughs> she is kicking it. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, it all has to start somewhere. Like Bloom started mm-hmm. small. And, yeah. you know, from talking to Elena, you know, I'm sure she had doubts along the way, too. And I'm sure like, you know, sometimes it felt like she- you know, she was at that spot where it was like, it's like a brick wall. You hit a brick wall and you're like, I yeah. can't, like, there's no way around this. But then like, yeah. you start to kind of chip away at it. And it's like, okay, like there's a way through it, like you know, or there is a way around it. And, 
you know, you just have to like keep going at it. And once you find something you're passionate about, you know, it, it starts to grow. I never thought the podcast would, you know, gain like 5,000 downloads like it has or, you know, almost a thousand followers on Instagram. And I'm sure like with Bloom and, you know, they didn't think that it would get that big. You know, you just kind of see like a need and you're like, all right, well, I want to help people. I want to, you know, grow this. And then, you know, just day by day, it, it grows more and more. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like this is incredible. And so I'm sure, you know, you might be starting small now, but it'll it'll grow. And sometimes it grows faster than you think it will, too. And I think like, even if I don't have like a wide, so right now we have around 30, 40 kids that show up to our meetings in person. Which is a lot. <laughs> it, it is. It, sometimes it feels like a lot. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so much pizza. I need to order. <laughs> we, we have to have food and drinks and snacks and like yeah. we have a popcorn machine. It makes it a lot more fun. It's basically a really cool hangout. And then we listen to Disney tunes. It's pretty yes. fun. Um, but I think even if I can help one kid in that room who feel a little bit better about the situation they're in then it's worth it like yeah I think like if it's one person or 40 like that's worth my time and like what I can give and so I think it's really cool that I've just had this opportunity to if I help like be given the chance to help even one person it's really exciting and I am so thankful that I was kind of able to like reach out and to Casey McClary at EFMP at USAFA she's who helped me like do all this and she's the one that signs up on all the paperwork and is my air force connection and she is so helpful and I literally could not do it without her and I think that's why it's important to talk to people because you're making those connections and then maybe they can help you out in the future or you can help out them like that kind of thing absolutely because you never know where the future is going to take you yeah and exactly. who knows like this like you could have someone from your current group, you know, get stationed at another base and then they want to continue it there. And then that's you know, what I'm hoping will happen. Like, I'm hoping it'll spread. And then yes. these kids will go forth and change the world. Yes. Oh my gosh. That would be incredible. Yes. That would be, that would be so cool. Like seeing like, oh my gosh, how did this get all the way to Japan? Like that's yeah. awesome. Like, oh, here's no. the hoping, because there's military <laughs> brats everywhere yes. that have siblings with special needs. So maybe they can take inspo and be like, oh, I could do that. And I like would love to help them if they decide to do that and try to figure out, like, make their own little community. That would be cool. Absolutely. You know, you got to start somewhere and just grow from there. I agree for sure. Yes. So the last thing I do want to ask you, and I always ask everyone, um, but what advice would you give to another military kid? In McCoy, I always said to make connections and like talk with people. And I think that's still true. I already touched on it earlier, but talking is so important during COVID. I, like I said, I'm super extroverted. Like I love talking with people. I will talk someone's ear off. I think it's another <laughs> me. Like I will just chit chat with people wherever. Um, and being stuck in my house with my family, I love them. But I think everyone kind of after a while being stuck in the same house with your family for three months, it's like a little like, oh my gosh, they yes. already know all my jokes. Like I, <laughs> this is not going well. You I need to talk to someone crazy. else. And I got really, like, I was not in a good place. I was super upset all the time. I, my anxiety got really bad. I was just not happy. And I wasn't like my bubbly normally self. 
Um, but then I started talking to people. My math teacher, Miss Madden, she had a huge impact on me. She's super outgoing and she's likes to talk to everyone like me. And we kind of just hit it off. And even though she is like my teacher, she still was that like support person for me. And I don't like whether it's like a coach, a teammate, a friend, a cousin, whoever, just finding someone that you can talk to that will just let you rant and let you get everything out because it is so important to talk to people. And I think that's why a lot of issues happen is because someone doesn't talk to someone. And it's kind of nice to just like bounce ideas off of someone too. Like she helped me, she kind of like let me talk out my support group idea to her. And that was really important to me to like hear someone else like validate the reason, like the need I saw. And so that was really cool. So my advice overall is just find someone that you can talk to, find that one trusted person and just go from there. Absolutely, for sure. Thank you so much again, Anna, Thank for you being for on having the podcast. Me. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.